In a podcasting world filled with true crimes, insane interview podcasts, and gross celeb news stories, Bryce and Ren, that's us, try to do the impossible. Create a podcast that'll help you survive your commute or workday. Welcome to Bryce and Ren and Ned's spooktacular declassified school, school survival guide. My name, my name, we're keeping this. My name is Bryce. My name is Bryce Henderson. I'm one of the co-hosts of this podcast. Uh, with me, as always, to talk about all things Ned. Today, hold on, before I introduce him, today we'll be talking about season one, episode... 12 of Ned's Classified Settled Cheaters and Bullies. Uh, with me, as always, talk about all things Ned is one Renan Fontes. Ren, what a struggle to get through that intro. How you doing? I like that intro because while it ended scary, I actually think the hello started out very sensual. You oh. know, when you're like watching Comedy Central at like 2 a.m., you're sick, and you see like one of those like late night t- like uh, call line ads. Hello. Ren. What? I've never been. I've never been both sick and awake watching Comedy Central at two a.m. I don't think those oh. two things have ever happened. Like coincided in my life. Usually, if I'm sick, I'm very asleep at two a.m. Can we? Uh, let's put this on the poll. What? Like, we'll, we'll uh, have like. What do you usually do when you're sick? I sleep. I watch Comedy Central. No. At 2 no. So it needs to be. What do you do when you're sick at two a.m.? <laughs> sleep. Watch Comedy Central. <laughs> You never, like, woke up in the middle of the night and just, like, put something on while you were sick when you were a kid? So I've done that before, but not- I wasn't sick. Like, I, I woke up and, um, yeah. No, this, there was this one time, um, where my cousins from Maryland were up in New, uh, in New Hampshire visiting my family. And we had a GameCube, they did not, and so we said, let's play, like, a 40-round game of Mario Party. And we were all sleeping in the same room. There was like this big room. It was me and my my brother, and our two cousins, so four of us. Um, and we decided once we hit like one a.m., we were like, if if any of our parents find out, like hear us, they and they come in here, uh, we're gonna be in big trouble. So we'll need to quickly like shut off the TV and pretend like we're sleeping, right? If we hear a door in the hall. So, uh, we're like deep in the game or like round 31 or something things are are taken forever and all of a sudden we hear a door in the hall and so quickly uh my brother does his part he just puts his head down my uh, one of my other cousins just puts their head down um i quickly go to shut off the tv via the remote instead i just change the input um to uh so this is why it's it's like comedy central or something like that around 2 a.m there's like a lizard licking the tv screen (laughs) um and i so i do that but like i can't like i can't don't want to spend more time trying to shut off the tv so i just put my head down um and then my last remaining cousin is sitting up staring at it uh and then my uncle walks in and he was like what are you doing like come here (laughs) <laughs> like took him, <laughs> and like took him in the hall and like yelled at him. Like woke up the whole house. 
and berated him for watching this like lizard cartoon at 2 a.m. Uh, <laughs> it was so funny. It was really, really funny. You uh, you awakened a memory in me while you were telling that story. Oh, good. What's the, what's your memory? I was visiting my cousin in New Jersey, and when I was younger, I used to have very bad insomnia, especially during the summer. Mm-hmm. Like each month, I would stay up at like an hour later. Like in in June, I wouldn't fall asleep until three. In July, four. In August, five. Oh, and during wow. the summertime, that's that's rough because the sun comes up. Yes. Yep. I remember one night. My cousin and I picked out two movies to watch uh, for the evening. Like, we're doing a little sleepover. We're going to watch the movies go to sleep. Night at the Roxbury and Meet the Spartans. Wow, what what a combo. We watched Night at the Roxbury first. Yes, yeah. And then we watched Meet the Spartans. Both of these movies are awful. They're horrible movies. My cousin fell asleep after Meet the Spartans, but I could not sleep. So instead, mm-hmm. I just kept playing Meet the Spartans on loop. Yeah. Until like seven, six, seven a.m. when I finally fell asleep after like three, four rounds of Meet the Spartans. Ren, that sounds like a whole uh, like that sounds like lifelong trauma, right there. <laughs> um, and I'm sorry that you now remember that you watched Meet the Spartans on repeat for five hours plus. The joys of insomnia, you know. Wow, boys of summer, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> well, now you definitely know the Spartans, right? You've met them. I've met them. You know, I know what they're up to. I know, how, you know, mm-hmm. how they're living life. Very familiar. Yeah. What a uh, strange age of movies. Like that whole set of like Meet the Spartans and like epic movie, uh, dis- movies. D- it's disaster movie. That was a bad period for filmmaking. <laughs> mm-hmm. They were not good. Those are not good movies. Yeah. Um, Ren, tonight uh, we're here to talk about Ned's, but before we do so, do you want to do some housekeeping? Yeah, let's do our housekeeping. Yeah, uh, so last week at the end of the episode, you and I talked about how we want to do a, an actual Halloween <laughs> spooktacular, which <laughs> this is not. This is not the spooktacular. No. Um, and we, so each one to kind of like say three Halloween movies that we should watch. Um, and then have people vote on a poll. So probably the same poll that asks what people do when they're sick at 2 a.m. will uh, ask this question of what Halloween movie we should watch and then, um, you know, and, and then uh, podcast about. So, uh, Ren, do you want to go first? Sure. Okay. Do you want to alternate films or do you want to say all three at once? Uh, you can do all three at once. That's fine. So I picked... Alvin and the Chipmunks meet the Wolfman. Yes. Uh, let me pull up my phone because I don't actually remember what the other two I picked were. So give me one second. Yeah, while you're doing that, I can say that I actually have a weird memory with Alvin and the Chipmunks meet the Wolfman. Uh, assuming it's the movie I think it is in that I, I'm pretty sure I rented that like on repeat from my video store uh, <laughs> when I was young. Like I watched that one a lot. That yeah. was my favorite Alvin and the Chipmunks movie as a kid. Yeah, it was a really good one. Yeah. Does uh did one of them like turn into a wolf? Is that something that's yeah, happening I in think there? Theodore becomes a wolf man or a wolf monk. Yes. Yep. Chip wolf. Chip wolf is yeah, that's scientifically I'm pretty sure that's what 
All right, I got my list. Yeah, what else is it? Uh, my second movie, Birdemic, classic apocalypse film. Mm-hmm. And Saw. The first Saw? The first Saw. Okay. Okay, why did you go with the first Saw when you had, uh, I believe, nine options to go with? I actually almost went with Saw 2. Okay. You know, I figured, respect the classic. Res- okay, yeah. Um, Wow. I kind of, uh, Saw 2 has some moments. I'm actually a big fan of Saw 2. I think of the sequel, yeah. it's my favorite. Yeah. Has, like, the whole furnace situation. The, like, numbers are, like, etched onto the scalp or something like that. I like the um, uh, interrogation of Jigsaw throughout the film. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. a fun element they never get the opportunity to do again. Mm-hmm. Jigsaw interact with, like, the police force. Um, so those are the three movies. Yeah. Friend. So that's what, so people can, can choose. Do you have, of those three, if you, if, like, you had to pick just one of those, what would be, like, what's your horse in the race? My horse in the race? I mm-hmm. think Saw would probably generate the most unique discussion for us. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And you and I are um, not... A, Anyone who's new to listening might not know, but anyone who isn't new probably already knows that we're both uh, pretty big fans of Saw. Yeah, we're well-versed in our Saw mythology. Yeah. So. Big Saw heads. Zoniacs. Zoniacs. I think we're Jiggies. Jiggies? I don't think yeah. you can say that. Are you sure? <laughs> If I can't, I'll look up after, and if that's something that I can't say, I'll edit that one out. Um, I was just thinking, like, get jiggy with it. Um, no, I, I don't think jiggy is a slur. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, so that is so... Okay, my three, Ren. Yep. Um, so I'm... Uh, I would love to talk on podcast with you about Phantom of the Megaplex. It's uh I had a feeling you'd pick that as of one course. of the didn't pick yeah. One. yeah, it's a great Halloween film and I think something that uh whenever I think about you I think of uh I believe is it Mickey Rooney? Yeah, I think it is Mickey okay. Rooney. <laughs> think of Mickey Rooney, Rooney in the basement monologue? of a movie theater giving a monologue, yeah. That's uh, all my favorite uh decom for that scene alone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So would love to talk on podcast with you about that. Um uh, the final destination, the fifth one. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I haven't seen that one. Um, I think that'd actually be a fun one to watch. Yeah, but the final destination. Uh, and then my last one. And if this is cheating, I'll pick. Uh, I'll throw something else out there. I would like to watch uh like four Disney Channel, uh Halloween specials. Interesting. What'd you pick? So there's that's a Raven one. Where they turn into cows. I remember that one. Yep. Uh, the Sweet Life of Zack and Cody has, I think it's Sweet 613 or something like that. It's like a haunted suite. Uh-huh. Um, and then uh, Lizzie McGuire has a Halloween special. And uh, Phineas and Ferb. All right, that's a fun list. So. Okay, I think that's a good uh, replacement for a film. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah, so those are them. We'll have people, you know, vote. Of, of those three, which is your favorite? Yeah, yeah. Um, it's fair, fair to ask. Um, I think Phantom of the Megaplex. Yeah, I think for me, 
I'd pick yeah. him too. Yeah, but um, I don't know. I, I think they all could be fun. I think you and I talking about either Saw or The Final Destination with like the gruesomeness, uh, just hearing us have to describe that. <laughs> For Saw especially. And be- yeah, try to make any sense of it would be would be good so yeah so we'll we'll put up a poll this week um for people to go ahead and vote um and we'll see Ren, i did recently watch hocus pocus that's a good one i liked hocus pocus a lot yeah yeah jenna was uh has been afraid of it so since her and i started dating uh and like ever since uh she has refused to watch it because she's like that movie's scary right it's like what'd you say the cat talks because no it's not no she's watched all of sabrina so she's not afraid of the talking cats um ren uh real quick let's play a game okay okay uh i will give you uh i will uh venmo or facebook message you 20 bucks you cannot look this up okay uh if you can tell me in 10 seconds the the person who voices the cat in Stuart little Stuart little the first one matthew broderick uh i don't think it's him i'll look it up i don't think it's him i, I don't think I, I ever watched the first Stuart little oh well i've seen uh Stuart little in the big city the second one he's yeah, like yeah, a yeah bird he meets a bird yes he I, he lives in a city in the first one too oh uh, so um, it's, it's like he was already in the big city well yeah so Stuart little too i don't think nathan has a lane? subtitle it's nathan lane yeah um Stuart Little 2 doesn't have a subtitle. I believe that you're thinking of um, Babe, Pig Babe, Babe <laughs> uh, Pig in the City. Pig in Big City or something Pig like that. Pig in the Pig City. Yes. Okay. You want to talk about Ned's? It's only been 21 minutes. <laughs> it's, it's only fair. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess you have to start the episode. Yeah, imagine if I was like, you want to talk about it? And you're like, nah, I'm good. And I was like, all right. <laughs> <laughs> Let's keep going with this. Yeah. Pull us up, and we'll uh, we'll just keep talking. We'll catch y'all later. So, vibes. uh, d- 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 Ned's voice in this episode. So, this episode that we're talking about here, it's uh, what cheaters and bullying or bullies. Yep. Cheaters and bullies. So, Ned's voice. Did Ned go through puberty? Something's up with him. Yeah, he, he like you know his hair was different in the second segment too. Mm-hmm. Growing up. Yeah, he um yes, he's growing up before our eyes. That stuck out to me. Uh what also stuck out to me, and this isn't new for this episode, but just really stands out. Mr. Monroe still strikes me. It's odd that he's the only adult in the main cast. Yeah. Like in the credits. And he it, gets an and. It's still it's so weird. Because I feel like we've reached a point where he hasn't this is his first like prominent episode in a few episodes. And his screen time isn't all that different from the other teachers. No. You really break it down. Like, he appears as often as Gordy, as often as Mr. Wright, as mm-hmm. often as Chopsar, Durga. Like, why is he the... Why does he get a credit? And I, I think I I think I do know the answer. It's because his actor has been on sitcoms before. Mm-hmm. So I think part of them courting him to Ned was probably like, okay, like, we'll also give you a main cast credit. There's the negotiations. That's my theory. Yeah. Um... It just strikes me as odd. It's like, what are you doing, dude? Um, and that's and plus he gets the and right. It's like and so like he's heavily featured. Like that's in, Alec um, Baldwin's credit in Thirty Rock. Ah, uh, I, I was I, I always think about SNL. Like half the cast gets those. 
and Horatio Sands. <laughs> and uh, did you ever watch um, Whitest Kids You Know? No. Okay. Uh, it's hit or miss. I'm sure a lot of it has aged uh, very poorly. Uh-huh. Um, but there's one sketch where they're uh, doing like SNL intros and they're like, and introducing Adam Sandler, Sandy Sandberg, Adam Sandler, <laughs> Colonel Sanders. And it just like goes on and on with those. I'll send it to you. Maybe we'll watch it at the end of this. I love a good SNL bit. And it, I, it all stems back to the SNL video you made. For, uh, <laughs> was it the first ever Lulzly show we did? No, it was it was our second ever one. It was uh, Saturday Night Lulz. Yes. Yeah, that one was very good. Um, I remember dying laughing when you showed it. It, 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 it went south so quickly, right? Doesn't it? It has like the moon landing and like a Nixon like yeah. speech at one point. I, I think it has like an atomic blast. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Yeah. Um, that was a very good one. All right. Uh, so here we are. <laughs> Back to Ned. Uh, there's different types of cheaters. Ren, did you ever cheat on a test? I did actually. Okay. Did you on test? Um, yes. Yeah, I did. I mean, you know, it's I feel like not everyone cheats, but I feel like it's a it's one of the more universal childhood mm-hmm. bad things kids do growing up. Like it's yeah. easy to give into the temptation of cheating, and a lot of the times it is easy to pull it off if you know what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Like you shouldn't, especially in a college level. The further no. you go academically, the you know. You shouldn't cheat because at that point you're pursuing something you want to learn. Yes, that's the idea. Yeah, but sometimes you just gotta knock a gen ed out. Yeah. No, I um, my freshman year of high school, um, uh, and I'm curious. I'm curious what you're cheating. Do you have a single cheating story, or was it like? I've che- I cheated on a few tests throughout middle yeah. and high school. Like what not kind of- like an exorbitant amount, but yeah. enough where I had like strategies. Yeah. What kind of? How did you cheat? What kind of cheating? So my favorite one was getting to class early, getting mm-hmm. a pencil, softly writing down the answers I know would be on the test on my desk. Yeah. Getting the test, then referencing my answers throughout the test, and then erasing them after. Erasing it. Brilliant. It always worked for me. I yeah. never got caught. No, the smart move. It's a really smart move. Yeah, we, um, my freshman year, I was in this, fre- this history class, <clears throat> and... I studied. Uh, the kid next to me, similar to Bitsy in this episode, did not study. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was like, hey, Bryce, what's... Uh, he was asking... Like, we had to... It was a bunch of dates, a bunch of historical yeah. dates. So he was like, hey, like, Bryce, like, what's the date for number four? What's the date? And I was like, oh. <laughs> so actually, pause. I didn't cheat. You um, someone answers. You yes. help someone cheat. Yes, yes. Um, you were used, Bryce. So I told him, and then that's when I obviously I was, I I am who I am. I, I wasn't very yeah. good at it. I was not very skilled. Um, so I told him, and then my teacher said, "Excuse me, gentlemen, do you have something to say?" <laughs> and I was like, "Uh, uh, no." And my face, I'm sure, got all red in that moment. He was yeah. like, "Well, I need to speak with both of you boys after school." I was like, oh my god. Oh my god, it's <laughs> over. So then I went to science class and I cried. Um, all, through, <laughs> all through biology class that day I cried. And my teacher was like, are you okay? Like, do you need anything? And I was like, no! <laughs> like, I'm a failure! Um, and then 
I went after school, went to my, the teacher. Um, and I was like, I was like, so it was before the other kid got there. And I was like, Hey, like, I just want to let you know, like, I don't know what happened. Like he asked me the date. I gave him the date. Like, I don't know if he wanted a date on the test or if he wanted like today's date, but I gave him today's date. (laughs) And he was like, are you sure that's what happened? And I was like, yes. Like, I'm so sorry. Like, like, I'm like, I, this isn't me, like all this stuff. And he was like, okay, like, thanks for being honest with me. Okay. Um, <laughs> Bryce, I'm sorry that you were a victim of cheating instead of a offer uh, <laughs> of it like I was. <laughs> yeah. And even worse is that like, at the beginning of this conversation, I was like, yeah, I cheated. Like, yeah. And then I went to tell the story and I was just like, <laughs> childhood memory war. <laughs> No, um, oh yeah, I was taken advantage of. Uh, uh, in this episode, uh, Loomer writes all over his body to cheat. I was like, I feel like it's not a good method. Did you ever know, uh, someone who, uh, wrote all over their body to cheat in school? I mean, like, I know people who'd write on their hands and stuff, but then if your hands got sweaty, the answers would disappear. Did that happen in, like, Cory in the House or something? Why does that feel relevant to you and me? Cory got sweaty and ain't... Oh man, now you're okay. Sweaty ink definitely feels like a Corey premise. Was it the seal when they spilled the, they made the seal dirty? Uh, maybe. I don't know. It's no, also I don't a know. big maddening blur. Like, uh, yeah, or even like I don't know. Like Newt wrote something on his hand, and then it gets sweaty, and then he's like, he can't read it. I forget. Oh, it, it just man. feels familiar. But no, I I didn't know anyone who ever. Well, no, I did know people who wrote all over their body. I didn't write all over my body yeah. for it. Rice on your back. Yeah. So people know. Um, all right. Uh, let's, uh, what else is happening here? Ned is waiting to find out from Moe's how the most important test of the year is. So Moe's is taking the most important test of the year with Mr. Wright. And Bitsy keeps looking over and is cheating off of Moe's. She's the I don't care if I cheat cheater. Yes. Shameless. Mm, how dare she? And her name's even on the uh, the honor roll, Ren. She cheated her way to success. Mm-hmm. It's very upsetting. Why is very. it Mr. Wright catching her? Obviously cheating. Because we see him later. He's reading the newspaper. Oh, okay. So he's yeah. just not paying attention to the most important test of the year. No. No, he did his part. All right. That, that, you know, that makes sense. He's earned a, he's earned a break. Yeah, now it's up to the students. Um, so we have that. Ned is waiting. Is so Ned's like gonna stand outside the door to be like, "Hey, Mose, Mose, like, how was the test? How is it?" Uh, and he's like, "I hope it's not that bad because I left my book at home and we went away for the weekend, and so I couldn't study." Okay. Um, where do you think Ned went? Where did Ned go for the weekend? I don't know, like a lake house. You, you're thinking Lake House? Yeah, what do we, like, we never hear anything about his life outside of school, Ren, and at one point we gotta paint that picture. Do you think he went with his parents, or do you think he went alone? Do I think that the middle school boy went alone to a lake house? Yes. I don't think that the middle school boy went alone to the uh, lake house. I Like, I think a crafty one could pull it off. Uh, a cra- I mean, like, Kevin McAllister, maybe. Yeah, let's say uh, Ned home alones himself in a lake house. <laughs> like, what was that? Like he uh, he puts on some roller skates. He grabs a big rope, ties it around the back of a bus, 
rides that for a while. Uh, he can have like a big suitcase that he gets inside of, and he inches that into a train. Then he takes the train to the lake, and once he's at the lake, he can use the sticks he found in the woods to build one of those like pushing ice cream carts. Mm-hmm. And then he can sneak his way into the lake house. Wow. I feel that's all very elaborate. I had three act structure. We just got okay. our next episode of Ned's. Yeah, uh, I would watch like Ned featured in Home Alone. I feel like that'd be a good combination. I think Ned could pull it off. Mm-hmm. So two robbers are trying to break into your house. Here's a few tips that might help you out. Pour hot cement on them. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you, you know that hubs. You know that tar that's been lying around in your basement. Paint your steps and then stick a nail right in, facing up on the third step. Tie knives from the ceilings and then push them back and forth. <laughs> Sledgehammer? No problem. Smash the burglar in the crotch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, make them eat ceramic. Um, yeah. So Ned has all these tips for this lake <laughs> house. Did you ever get wet banded Oh my god, Red, are we ever going to get through this episode? <laughs> I'm, oh like, god. deeply concerned. We're 30 minutes into the podcast, and... We're not even past the first we're, scene. We're not even at the intro. Like, we're not even... <laughs> okay, let's, uh, let's focus up a little... Let's focus up for Ned's a bit. Let's get through a few scenes. Okay, okay, okay. Um, Ned has to study. Last minute study for this test, because the test is serious. Uh, Mose gives him, a. A mnemonic, right? Uh, my vicious enlarged monkey just sat under Nikki's pinky. Yeah, Mo's got a monkey. That's what I wrote in my notes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so those letters are can be used to remember the planets. Brand, what kind of a test is this? Uh, it's it's like Sh- a social studies. So why are the planets involved? They, I guess, the history of when each planet was discovered. Like, what year was each planet discovered? That feels like science. I, it does feel like science. Yeah. But there's also the other mnemonic device, the weasel mm-hmm. jumped in the toilet with my homework in its mouth. Which, that what is that, like the 13 colonies? Yeah, that's like uh, the Massachusetts weasel, it's like in New Jersey, right? Uh, jump <laughs> Delaware, in the toilet, that's obviously Maryland. All three of those, so in the toilet, all is the mnemonic for <laughs> Delaware. Vermont. My main easy mm-hmm. one, homework, that's Massachusetts again. Yeah. In its mouth, Massachusetts again. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, this is what Cookie says, because it's not a mnemonic, Ren. It's just, literally, it's his life. This yeah. is life at uh, James K. Polk Middle School mm-hmm. Elementary. How do we feel about Cookie having two plots in a single segment? Too much. Mm-hmm. It, it's... Th- these past episodes have not known Ned's strength, which is three, which is one story told evenly between the three characters with three different perspectives. Mm-hmm. That's what works best for Ned's. Yeah, you can't give Cookie two plots. <laughs> you know, you're breaking God's order. All right, mm-hmm. it ain't nature. Yeah, Cookie felt he he got, did get a lot here. He gets this whole weasel plot line, and then later on, he's gonna get a whole plot line where he has to take tests in his underwear. That, uh, uh, that that little note feels very reflective of an era of television long gone. Yeah, right? It really does. Like, no one stopped and said, alright, 
were really putting Cookie in his underwear. Mm-hmm. And, and it gets even worse, because the ending of the segment implies he's naked. Yeah. Yeah, it does. So he escalates. Mm-hmm. Cookie escalates things. But, I mean, he would never cheat. And that's the only way to prove that you're not cheating. It, it It's a strange message to send your children. Mm-hmm. Um, so Moses' whole thing here is this, she's going to go this episode, uh, hoping that Bitsy does not cheat. So she's going to be trying to find ways for Bitsy to not cheat. Ned's whole thing is going to be trying to study for this big test uh, as fast as he can. Um, Cookie for the first half of the segment is going to be, um, trying to get Gordy to get his homework from the weasel, which we don't see any payoff for, right? We see it, like, Gordy goes Gordy and then... Gets, Gordy gets the first page, but yeah. he never gets the title page. And yeah. Then that's never resolved. It's dropped, okay. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, Gordy's gonna go do that. Before he, he... So while Gordy's gone fighting the weasel for Cookie's homework, Cookie's gonna give Ned the Cram Master 3000, which is... Uh, does it remind you of uh, the Virtual Boy? It does remind me of the Virtual Boy. But mm-hmm. unlike the Virtual Boy, which had Wario Land... The Cram Master 3000 has 200 years of American history. It's pretty cool. I think that's a horrible trade-off. I want Wario land. <laughs> well, why uh, learn about Wario and his land when you can learn about uh, oh, Benedict Wario. Arnold? He, wa- he was a traitor. The was number bad. one traitor. But we have eggs about him now. We have eggs about him? Eggs Benedict. Uh, like named after him, right? I think so. And uh, the Doctor Strange guy. Yeah, uh, Benedict Cumberbatch. Yeah, also named after the biggest traitor. But he—he was—he's in a way like the traitor because he's English, but he does an American voice so good that he's American now. Yeah, because he's in—he's been in Doctor Strange so much, it changed him. <laughs> yeah, it's like uh, when Hugh Laurie played House for so long. That it's like, at what point is Hugh Laurie, like well, he's just American now? Like yeah, and so like now he lives his life doing a British accent. Like he his real voice is House. Yes, it yes, must because be hard for him because he spent. If you look at his lifespan, awake, Hugh Laurie's <laughs> he spent more time statistically he has spent more time as House than he has spent as Hugh Laurie. That's true because House is a hundred percent always awake. Mm-hmm. When Hugh Laurie is House, he's up. When he's yes. Hugh, he's sleeping. He's not experiencing the world. Correct. Um, make a petition for Hugh Laurie to just embrace <laughs> his house persona. So yeah, like houseify him. I think that's fair for him to uh, drop his Hugh Laurie title and strictly be House. MD. Mm-hmm. Uh, does House have a first name? Isn't that, isn't it House? What's his last name? MD. <laughs> <laughs> His name is Gregory. It's Gregory House. Yeah, Dr. Gregory House. It's not a fantastic name. Writers. I, I like House as his first name. More. Yeah, they got. I feel like the writers got tired after coming up with that last name. Let's see if he has a middle name. Um, his friend is Wilson. Yeah, the uh, you might know him as the volleyball from. <laughs> yeah. Castaway. From Castaway. That's a good name. Yeah. House uh, he doesn't have a middle name. Not even like like Greg P. House or something. Greg G. House. 
Greg Greg House. Uh, we should have been watching House right now. Bryson Ren in the house. It was on our list. It was on our poll. It was. Bryson Ren and House in the House. We would have had to watch <laughs> House for three and a half years. And we would have watched so much House Ren that statistically we would have been watching more House than we in our lifetime than we would have not been watching House. And so we would have legally had to change our whole identities to House is uh, MD. Yeah, people who watch House. House is MD. <laughs> we, when we finish House, we just rewatch House again. <laughs> Okay, people like me don't have uh, time to tr- uh, memorize. Tr- uh, that's like at the end of the episode, I think. Bryce, where are you in your notes? I don't know. <laughs> uh, so Co- Ned goes up to Cookie and he's like, Cookie, I, I need help learning about America. Oh, yeah, he's the cram master. Piece of cake. And we see the piece of cake. Did you like that joke? It was fine. I want to point that out because that's not the kind of humor Ned's usually does. No. <clears throat> It's no. a Spongebob-esque. Yeah, prop comedy. Nickelodeon man- mandate. Mm-hmm. My son likes cake joke. Put it in. Make my son laugh, right guys? Says the exec on set that day. What are your thoughts on subconscious learning? Is it real or is it bullshit? Do you think this helmet could have taught you something? <laughs> <laughs> I think this helmet's ridiculous. Oh, so... Ned walks around, he can't see anything. He Ned is shouting, like audibly shouting out historical figures at people. Um it's bad. This is I not know a good when I watch TV, I repeat what the characters say at me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Ned walks into the girls' bathroom here and then walks yeah. out. And Loomer starts to make fun of him, but then uh his sidekicks are like, yo, Loomer, Ned can't hear you. And Loomer's like, oh. He's bored with it. Loomer gets bored and walks away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's okay because Moe's has a sombrero now. <laughs> he does. How else are you gonna keep people from cheating, Ren? What did you think about the fact that we got a Bitsy montage like four, five times, six? <laughs> how many was that? I think I let me see. Let me go through. My like, notes. how many times did we see Bitsy trying to copy off Moe's and Moe's trying a different strategy that didn't work? Four, five, six. I think it's around six or seven. I wrote one down. You wrote one? I wrote the sombrero one down. It happens a bunch. Yeah. I I know it did. I know it happened a lot. Um, Yeah, Bitsy. Bitsy was looking over. Moe's was like, "Uh, no, here's my sombrero. And then Bitsy was like, here's this tiny fan I have. And then blew the whole sombrero off Moe's head to look at the answers. And Mr. Wright didn't notice. No, he's. Do they just like keep taking this test over the course of a bunch of different periods? She has Moe's. She explained it, Ren. If you were listening, Moe's has three tests and one quiz to take that day. She already took one test. She has two more tests and one more quiz, and Bitsy is in all of them. Thank you for clarifying that for me. I don't want to have to do it again, so make sure you pay attention the first time. Bryce, you're gonna have to repeat that again in that. I think around seven minutes, exact. (laughs) (laughs) all right yeah sounds good um moe's uh it's it's her winning strategy here ren she's gonna no she's no 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 she's gonna bust the bits bits bitsy she's gonna bust the bits and she's gonna show the bits um her paper are you sure we're there 
No, we're not. No, no, no. <laughs> we're gonna let's finish this and then we'll jump back. Okay, we'll go back want, in time. You, let's just wrap up the bitsy plot. Let's, let's just get this. Work. Yeah, rip this. Rip it off. Um, Hand it off. Yeah. And so, were you shocked that Mose did this? She intentionally sabotaged herself and failed. Yeah. Well, no, yeah. no, no. Were you shocked at first? So before we know that Mose intentionally failed, were you shocked that Mose just gave in to let Bitsy cheat on her test? Yeah, I am. I'm surprised she didn't go talk to a teacher. <laughs> that feels like the most logical thing to do. Like, usually Ned's is pretty good about going the rational route mm -hmm. <laughs> at the very end. But, you know, there's, there's no logic here. You, yeah. For a show that goes out of its way to give, like, little messages to kids and be friendly... Like a bit, a bit more often than it needs to be to be funny. Mm -hmm. It's weird that this episode doesn't end with Moe's simply addressing the cheating in the only manner a student can address someone cheating off their test, which is telling the teacher. Yeah. Well, it's like she kind of, kind of does that. Like, did she get the Spanish teacher to pop up behind Bitsy, or was it total coincidence? Well, the Spanish teacher looks like she was waiting for her. She has, she's like smug. She's like, oh, I got you, Bitsy. Yeah. But the way Moe's talks makes it sound like it was more a coincidence. Like, she was setting up Bitsy to mm -hmm. talk because she saw the Spanish teacher coming. And yep. not because she was colluding with, uh, I forget her name. Who? Spanish teacher. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Cookie likes her. Cookie, Mrs. Cookie likes her? Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, so Moe's, yeah, so Moe's pretty much takes this test, intentionally fails, gets Bitsy to copy, and then Bitsy gets the F and is all upset with her in the hall, and then that's when the Spanish teacher is like, I caught you, Bitsy, let's go to the honor roll plaque. Like, what and, do you do at this point? With this well, like, do you, like, demote all her grades? You bring, do you, like, bring her back to elementary school? Uh, Yeah. Yeah, she has the Billy Madison it. Degrade her? Mm-hmm. Yep. Do it uh do it all over again. Uh yeah, so she does that. She like I, I thought it was really funny that she goes for the plaque right away and has to immediately like change that. that like that's that's what they do to cheaters. Cheaters have to immediately change their plaque run. The symbolic punishment is more important than anything. Yes. Yeah, and she walks away, um, like she's in stocks like she puts her I, did you notice that she like puts her head on top of the plaque um and her arms are there i didn't notice it yeah yeah i thought thought that was like a funny i assumed it was intentional yeah detail um yeah and so that's that's kind of is that our main storyline in this episode is or is ned's i guess ned's is the main storyline because he's ned yeah. oh yeah and Oh, I didn't like Ned's storyline this this episode. Yeah, so Ned tries to study with the Cram Master. The Cram Master does not work. Um, and then he uh, is sitting down to take the test, and he's like, "Oh, Cram Master didn't work. I could cheat." Uh, he's like back and forth, and. How do we get? How is it visually shown to us, Ren, that he's back and forth? Well, before we get to that point, okay. during Ned's like struggle, Claire Sawyer, future lawyer, holds up her test like long enough where you can clearly see what she's bubbled. And yes. I mean, at that point, like uh, that, that's fair play in my mind. That's not even cheating. She's holding up her test. <laughs> like <laughs> she's he, displaying he's right it. Yeah. In front of him, he can't look away. 
Like, it's, it's physically in front of him. Just take what you can get, Ned. But, yeah. you know, this escalates, and eventually Benedict Arnold and Abraham Lincoln fight it out on Ned's shoulders. Which was tiring to me. Exhausting. <laughs> I think probably the worst joke mm -hmm. the show has done. They weren't... It would have been one thing if they were funny or either like Ned is playing both of them or yeah like but it was the like teachers. one of them was uh, the computer lab teacher yes yeah and the other one I couldn't tell but uh, presumably it was someone else in the another lab. yeah that's what I figured too but the delivery and the lines is just so dry and boring and bland and neutered it was very Cory in the house-esque it was like, we it... have this idea we don't know how to refine it but kids will resonate with the idea so who gives a shit yeah and like, I don't know. I think that the Emperor's New Groove like nails this the yeah. whole like the angel and devil on the shoulders, and so that's the gold standard for this. Yeah. And Ned's by no means met the gold standard here. So, yeah. So I didn't love that. Um, Ned essentially comes out of the test, and that's when he goes to Moe's, uh, and is like, "Hey, I just failed that, but I did talk to Mister Monroe about everything, and he's gonna let me retake it." Not Monroe, Mr. Wright. Yeah, Mr. Wright. Yeah. Um, and so we do, like, to your point, like, that is, that's a sensible thing, right? Yeah. But it's not, that, like, Ned wasn't in a cheating dilemma. He wasn't, like, he wasn't in a real cheating dilemma. He just needed more time to study. So the episode is not, isn't really committing to the premise. And, like, with Moe's, I can kind of get the, you know, depicting the struggles of a student being cheated on, like, what do you do? The episode does not come to a rational conclusion, so it's kind of mute, uh, pointless. You know, with Ned's side, it's, do I cheat or not? But it, it never comes into the equation as, like, a real temptation, I feel like. I don't think the episode sells it as something Ned would actually do. And once you bring in the stupid Benedict Arnold and, and Abraham Lincoln, devil and angel, but it's pretty much over. But the worst part is how they mm -hmm. rope cookies plot into this. Yeah. Uh, it was really shoehorned in there. It was very strange. And just nonsensical on a level that... Like, even... It's too much even for Ned, I think. It like, definitely... Yeah. You're, you're really gonna start stretching the realms of believability about the robot man now? Like, Sweeney thinks that Cookie's been cheating because of his technology... But the character has been predicated on his technology. Well, what are you doing? These, these are the kinds of things you intentionally don't acknowledge in a show like this. It doesn't help anybody. It doesn't make anything better. Yeah. Yeah, it's... um, Like, uh, the whole thing with Cookie... Well, so I, I also hated that they just dropped that entire first story of his. Yeah. It's uh, so much more interesting. I wanted to see Gordy and the Weasel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but sure enough, that is not what we get. Uh, and instead, Cookie is like the king of wires. And Sweeney sees this. Sweeney tries to pull the wires out from like Cookie's jacket and is like, when you take my test, you're not going to cheat using your technology. And Cookie's like, I won't. I'm not going to cheat. And Sweeney's like, yeah, you won't. I'll tell you how you're not going to. You're not going to wear any clothes in front yeah. of me and the nurse, Cookie. Yeah, he does call him uh sweeney does call cookie a webhead so there's a spider-man villain going on again yeah. your webhead yeah um 
And so that's that's how we get this. And I just feel bad for Cookie because Cookie's honest. He's up front, and you know, this is what we get. He's got to be a naked boy. He does. Yeah. It's weird. It's weird. It's weird. And there's no like uh, satisfying resolution to it. Like, there's what do you not mean, even Bryce? Meta... Cookie gets naked during every test now. To punish. yeah, there's, there's not even like Ned. Ned usually has a voiceover like, and even Cookie figured like this out. And even Cookie learned that when you give Sweeney your clothes, he won't think you're cheating. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ned smiles and nods as a naked. <laughs> test from behind curtains yeah it was a little bit too much i think what uh, did you think about a uh, benedict arnold farting in abraham lincoln's hat <laughs> i couldn't wait for the next segment to begin i can't believe ned's lowered itself to this no to random fart jokes why just such a mess of a segment yeah it was it was definitely the worst segment that we've seen so far in ned's and did make me think of Corey in all the worst ways yeah so here's the thing. This is why I'm dreading the tips here, Ren. So for the first time ever, I was watching. Usually I pause and I write down the notes. Yeah. And so I was like, do you know what? Maybe I don't need to do this every week because I'm pretty sure the wiki has them laid out. So I looked at the wiki and I was like, yeah, they have them all laid out. They have the tip numbers and everything. And um, I little did I know, I didn't look at the bottom of the list, but just the top. Uh, so there are the tips, but they aren't numbered. Ooh. and this is so i'm kind of dreading i don't know how we want to go about this and it's also like i don't think half these tips were in the episode <laughs> they were made this up? Is, yeah this is cheaters never win winners never cheat which feels like maybe someone said that but no, that, that, it wasn't a tip that's how the segment ends but was it was a tip it was the tip number it, it was a tip it it was written on it came up as a note okay so i didn't see if it was numbered or, or maybe it was i think it ended in like ttt or something Okay. Um, hmm. How should we handle this? Do, do, you, do you, I mean, I could quickly scroll through the episode like on Apple TV on my phone. You want me to do that real quick? Yeah, do that real quick. I'll, uh, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll find a way to stall. I'll stall the audience. Well, you don't need to stall. Like, you and I can talk. We can even talk about the next segment. All right, we can do that. Did, well, you, get, I... did you get bullied a lot growing up? Um, <laughs> it's so funny. Like, I feel like I was always bullying people because, like, people would walk up to me and, like, shove me in the locker. And uh, people would also, like, pour their milk on me. And I just, like, always felt like I was such a bully. Yeah, you attracted people to do those things, do you? Mm -hmm. It wasn't fair for them to have all that emotional (laughs) baggage in your presence. Why was was that the lesson here, Ren? (laughs) Why was this? Oh, uh, Ned, you're, you're actually just as bad as Loomer. That's right, Ned. You tried to retaliate. Mm-hmm. Bad lesson. I it's it's like that uh Bush administration, you know, everyone gets in trouble if the bully hits you or something. Like that What's it? <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, right? Was there like a anti-bullying act? Oh, you went to private school. Yeah. So in like public school, and this is probably still a thing, like during the Bush administration, it was like it was some policy was introduced where like if like if a bully started something with you, Mm-hmm. And, like it escalated both of you got in trouble okay like it didn't matter if you were the one being like picked on or tormented or the victim mm-hmm. if you were involved in anything you both got in trouble 
Um, yikes. Well, that's, um, so did you often get in trouble? Uh, like I only had like one major bully growing up in middle school Mm -hmm. and I beat him up in class. Okay. When like things got too far. Yeah. We both got suspended for it. I think that that would have happened. Um, it sounds like before the Bush administration. 2000. In middle school? What no, I'm just I'm I'm saying that like that would have happened with or without the Bush administration. Oh well, that's that's a different case. I th- I yeah. think. Yeah. Well, you know what I'm saying. I do. Um. Okay. I have a, my first tip from the first segment. All right. You want to? This is cramming tip number two eighty one point zero one CT. Make up your own study tricks. Is this a good tip, Ren? Why well, it would be a good tip if they gave us some like examples <laughs> of study tricks. Make this up is... some study tricks. Yeah, what is a study it, trick? Makes it sound like a mat like magic here. Like um, <laughs> like uh, take your study tips and stick them into a t- stack of fifty two, and then have someone pick one and then flip it around and then show them the the, the tip. Worried about your next test? Mm-hmm. Keep a de- keep a deck of cards in your pocket with all the answers on the fifty two cards. Mm-hmm. No, 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 Ren. Only on one of the fifty two. Oh, that's right. That way, when the teacher looks over and sees you going through your cards, you can just be like, "Oh, I'm just looking for a pair of eights." Yes, and you need to yeah, and that way, as the magician, you know which card has the tips on it, the the study tricks. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um. Okay. Uh. So this is not a good tip. This is a bad tip. Okay, Very wh- bad tip. Yeah, why is this a bad tip? Because it doesn't offer any real advice. Like, it, there's no... T- what's what's the tip here? Like, a, a tip has to have something you can go off of. Make your own, like, study super tricks? That's, that's nothing. It doesn't mean anything. It's just trying to tell you, like... It's basically saying, figure it out. Uh... Like, oh, I- Studying yeah. tip, Ed. What can I do? Oh, you can make some some studying tricks. What what the hell does that mean, Ned? I th- <laughs> yeah. He we want him to give it's us the trick. tricks. Yeah. What is the trick, Ned? Please tell us the trick. Oh, well, you just make the trick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm seeing if there's um any more any more tips here. I think it's just this one. He crams, tries to cram. Nothing comes up. Okay, no, there's one. There's one. Uh, make a study sheet of the important stuff. Mm. It's fine. Mm-hmm. I'll make a study guide. I mean, isn't that like just what you do when you study? Oh, it's like a very basic, very basic borderline tip. Yeah. I feel like I'd give uh, uh, make up your own study tricks like a a C, and then I feel like I'd give this one like a C as well. Yeah, let's go with C. Okay. Um, okay, should we keep talking about bullies? Yeah, let's talk about bullies. Okay. Uh, while I have the, I'll just leave the episode running. How about <laughs> that? And then right. as the tip pops up, I'll, I'll stop us again. So, uh, our basic situations here for bully is Loomer, uh, so we start off with like a jungle narration. Yeah, like a like a look at these kids in the nature. Look at them. Mm-hmm. Look at them go. Yeah, bullies uh, are predators. Children are their prey. Yeah, when they're at the watering hole, 
uh, that's when they're most vulnerable. And then Coconut Head gets uh, struck by Loomer and his crew. And uh, next time we see Coconut Head, his clothes are going to be backwards. That's right. So, you know, the train of thought here is that they took his clothes off and put him on backwards. But, but I like to think they yes. rotated his body around. Red, you read my mind. I was going <laughs> to say the same thing. I'm glad. <laughs> they managed to, to rotate Coconut Head's body <laughs> while <laughs> keeping his clothes on the proper way. It's it's very sophisticated prank, really. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, so they do that to Coconut Head, and then Coconut Head uh, has a message that uh, Loomer is looking for Ned. It's scary. If you see someone walking down the hall and their head is on backwards, and they say, the person who did this to me is looking for you, not good. You know what? I'm going to do the only rational thing and draw first blood first. Mm-hmm. So that's why Ned and Cookie have a plan. That's right. Uh, they're going to take him down with the mop bucket slingshot, and that's the end of the plan. Well, Loomer's mom is going to send him to a safe private school in Nebraska where he can feast on shrimp cocktail because of the mop bucket. Oh, because the uh, James K. Polk is going to be unsafe, right? That's right, because the mop bucket mm-hmm. almost killed Loomer. Mm-hmm. Scary stuff. Terrifying. Yeah, that their plan is they like they want to um they want to maim him, but they <laughs> don't they don't want him to die. Yeah, so they want him to remember this punishment. Yes. You know, it's like it's you know when like a torturer leaves you alive or like when someone mm-hmm. burns down your village, mm-hmm. but they spare you <laughs> so that yes. you can tell other people about them, like warn them about me. Mm-hmm. And then you know your family is slaughtered so you're just like my mom can't send me to a safe private school in Nebraska. Yeah. So that's what Cookie's, Cookie and Ned's plan here is that. It really hinges on Loomer's mom having that mentality. Mm-hmm. Uh, have you watched Barry? Barry? No, but I've heard very good things. Yeah. I don't like it. You hate um, it? But I watched the first season. And uh, they, like, yeah, in one of the scenes, someone grates, like, uh, or, like, files down someone else's tooth. Ugh. Yeah. That's upsetting. It was it was very upsetting. Yeah, and that's not why I don't like the show. That's a form of bullying, though. It is a form of bullying, and bullying. Uh, it reminded me of this. <laughs> right, because it's the same thing. It was that, like yeah. they did it, and then they want him to walk away. Be like, don't want your teeth to get filed again. Remember you know? who did this to you? Yeah. Remember my name. Uh, Mose is going to be like, for whatever reason, really defensive about she brings up on her own i'm not a bully yeah it was very strange she's you, like you think of mose as a bully i think of mose i think mose is not a bully but just a very like direct personality yeah i think mose she she speaks up for herself she does yeah uh and so they're going to be like, Mose, you're kind of a bully, and you were part of the huge crew for half a day. But, so they say this, but did Cookie, like, hang with the huge crew afterwards? Yeah, Cookie became a huge, like, an, a more official huge crew member than Mose. This feels like projecting. It is. You know, they're being bad friends right now. Mm-hmm. And, which almost feels, makes the ending make that much more sense. It's like, oh, Ned's projecting here because he is the bully. Yeah. So he's bullying Mose here into thinking she's a bully. 
But Moe's pinch is cookie. Moe's was what to cookie? Moe's pinch is cookie. Oh, okay. You know, you think it's okay to pinch people now? Yeah. Go around Pin- pinching people? It hurts. It hurts. It does you hurt. Know? I don't know. What was the last time you got pinched? Last time I got pinched? I know I pinch Nicole all the time. Yeah. I hate getting pinched. <laughs> yeah, I don't like getting pinched. My brother used to do it to me a lot. And then I used to do it, like, when my brother and I would fight and, like, I would pinch him. And that would always be my defense. Diabetes. Yeah, because I have my sharpened uh, index fingernail for <laughs> styluses, so that would really would dig in. It was, and it's, you would, like, coat it with sugar, so you could just suck the sugar off. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Um, okay, Claire Sawyer, future lawyer, is starting a peer mediation program. So, do you wish you had this growing up? So I actually really like this. I like this model a lot. Um, it reminds me a lot of systems that are currently in place in schools. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this is really oversimplified. Yeah. Um, but I like it. And, you know, I think that it's a start. I think if people are talking to each other and talking through their problems, it is more likely to prevent, like, long-term bullying. You're true. So. You're right. Yeah, yeah, I was, I was for this. I think Claire Sawyer has a good, good thing going, uh, and I like that they journey to, tr- and they struggle to find an adult to support their program because they have a hard time finding people who would be good mediators in yeah. their school. Yeah. Um, Loomer finally finds Ned in the hallway, just as Ned and Cookie have their plan all set and ready to go. They want Loomer to step on the X, and Ned's going to take Loomer and be like. Loomer, I want you to stand right here on this X. And Loomer just wants to ask Ned uh, how to help Jennifer notice him. What frustrates me about this is that that would have been such a much more interesting segment. <laughs> I want to watch that. I don't want to watch this. Yeah. Yep. And it's like, it also shows how that their relationship had actually gotten better. Yeah. Loomer and Ned's until Ned decides to have Cookie almost try to uh, you know, make Black. Loomer hurt. Make Loomer hurt? Make him... Uh, make him Yes. It's like gonna make him... Gangsters? Make him upset and hurt. Yeah, so, it, because Loomer almost gets smacked by Cookie in a mop bucket, Loomer's going to uh, not be so happy with Ned. Right? Yeah, he's gonna... Well, all Ned wants to do is send Loomer to a better place. You know, it's not, it's not the meanest thing in the world. I liked that line. You do? Yeah, we were just trying to send you to a better, <laughs> a better place. Yeah. Uh, AKA, they're trying to kill you, Loomer. Uh, is shrimp cocktail, is that a punishment or is it a good thing? Like, are they pitching it as, like, we're trying to help you eat shrimp cocktail? I think they are, but, like, I don't think kids like shrimp cocktail. No, no, no. Uh, when I used to eat Jack's, you know, Jack's. Yeah, I know. Like the cheese puffs? Yeah. I would eat those and think that those were what shrimp tasted like. But why? It's the same shape. (laughs) Ah, I guess. I just assumed that they have the same texture. I guess I never thought of Jax's shrimp shape, shrimp shaped, Mm -hmm. but like Cheeto shaped or like a curve, cheese curve. You know how like there are cheese (laughs) curves? Mm -hmm. Cheese curve. Yeah. 
Um, I've never tried shrimp before. I like shrimp. I like a good fried shrimp. Would you be okay being sent to like if um if I set you up here and on this podcast I mop bucket slingshotted you, uh, and then. Uh, you were sent to a private school where you had to eat shri- or a private podcast in the scenario where you had to eat shrimp cocktail. You'd be okay with that, Bryce? I don't know, because it sounds like the only thing Loomer gets to eat is one shrimp cocktail per no. meal. No, no, I think it's endless. It's endless shrimp cocktails per meal. It's unlimited. All right, if we're talking unlimited, yeah. maybe I can make it work to mm-hmm. my advantage. Brad, I'd be pretty upset with you. Is shrimp cocktail, uh, shrimp, like, does it need to have the ketchup with it, or is it shrimp cocktail without the ketchup? I think you need the ketchup, otherwise it's just shrimp. Mm-hmm. It's the, you know how, like, when, uh, how when you're making a cocktail, you need two drinks? Mm-hmm. Ketchup is the cocktail here. Is it, okay. Ketchup and shrimp make the So technically cocktail. you can have, like, chicken fingers cocktail, mm-hmm. or, like, french fry cocktail. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, why don't they, why, hmm. Huh. We should go up at a restaurant. Bryce and Ren serve up the eats. Well, no, we could call it cocktails. All right, Bry- Bryce and Ren at the cocktails, and we wouldn't uh, sell. It would be. It takes a lot of effort to get a, like a liquor license. Yeah, We're not interested. So we'd only sell like all of our food would be cocktails. Yeah, so we'll have like a cheeseburger cocktail. Cocktail, yeah, and uh, uh, ham <laughs> cocktail. <laughs> Uh, the soup cocktail, mm-hmm. <laughs> a pancake cocktail, cocktail, yeah, and just so long as everything is two, right? Like it's yeah. that paired with something else, like a sauce or a liquid of some kind. Then it's cocktail. Yeah, it needs to. It has a it needs to have something you can eat, something you can slurp. All right, this is a good. This is a good restaurant. Yeah, I think people are gonna come in. Uh, come flocking in. Mm-hmm. And we we don't serve. Uh, not even just no liquor, but I'd say no drinks, because each meal comes with something you can slurp. Keep that mouth dry. That's what yeah. we'll say. That'll be our slogan. Underneath the, underneath the cocktail sign, it'll say, keep that mouth dry. <laughs> uh, and I'm imagining, like, uh, pink neon. Yes, I, yes, I was too. Okay, good. Perfect. Good, good. good. Uh, I'll see if something's open uh, on the highway, like any shop spot. Let's get a space off of Route 9. Yeah, it will, it'll be like a Mr. Beast Burger. Cocktails off the highway. Get this <laughs> by the thumpsters and the Bray- Bryce and Ren here from the Bryce and Ren and Ned's podcast. <laughs> Are you looking for a brand new shrimp cocktail dive bar slash restaurant with no liquor? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Come down. We're by the highway. Mm-hmm. Dry your mouths, mouth your dry. Um, legally, we don't have an address, so we just have to show a picture of it by the highway. <laughs> we don't legally have an address. <laughs> oh my god. Find us by the highway. The <laughs> park on the grass, it's fine. <laughs> There's a Starbucks next door. They got a parking lot. You could park there if it's the after seven. Lot? Yeah. <laughs> Try to carpool. Save the world, save a spot. Uh, <laughs> Logan, a carpool is like a human a cocktail. You got two more. No, because no, you can have up to like five or six. I guess that's too many. Yes, but and because so cocktails based on our it's it's a eat and a slurp. Yep. So it, it isn't because there's no slurp. You can unless the gas. 
you what if you like smoothie someone like in saw if you smoothie someone like in saw remember in a jigsaw there's that like uh the blender some so i mean does anyone drink that well someone could theoretically no like a no. can no i'm not no no <laughs> i'm not yes ending anymore <laughs> Uh, so Ren, I feel like you and I are acting crazy right now. Almost as crazy <laughs> as, uh, Crazy Nettie. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Ned gets under the impression that if he acts crazy, he's gonna scare Loomer. And that'll help him out. Uh, well, because... because Gordy explains yeah. to him that Muhammad, Muhammad Ali <laughs> what, acted all crazy to psych out Sonny Listen. I don't, um... I don't. I, I unfortunately don't know enough about any of that to know if it's true or not. Friend, are you able to fact check this one? Do you know? Is this? I, I think this might be true, but I'd have to rewatch the Will Smith movie Ali to make sure. Okay. Do you think that's it? That's so. Because I'm assuming he did win in real life, but I don't know if it was actually because he like went psycho on him, as this episode puts it. Let me see. Let me see. Yeah. Uh, I I wasn't quite sure because Gordy also is a man who can't quite trust everything he's saying, uh, and it was a little bit jarring to get a Muhammad Ali reference dropped in the middle of Ned's Declassified. Okay, so I got a quote. Mm-hmm. Mark Cram of Sports Illustrated said, "Liston told him that guy Ali was crazy. I didn't want anything to do with him." Okay. Maybe maybe he was maybe he was acting crazy. That is what happened. So Ned's gonna try the same thing, and we're gonna see it unfold very similarly, where Ned's gonna pretty much go all crazy on Loomer. Uh, Cookie's gonna warn Loomer, and Ned's gonna jump in a trash can. Uh, was this good? No, yeah. I I don't like this. Do you wanna let's stop talking about this for a second? <laughs> you wanna talk about Ned and Cookie drinking coffee? That joke. Yeah, let's talk about that instead. Okay, um, <laughs> let's let's not go there then. Maybe Chopsa. Chopsa, what's he up to? Well, so Mose and Claire are trying to find an advisor to help them with their like peer mediation program. They first go to Mister Quest, who makes all of his decisions based on a roll of a die, and turns Mose invisible. <laughs> yes, makes Mose invisible. Uh, then they go to Chopsa. Chopsa understands. He's like, yeah, like I like this idea of mediation. Here's this birdhouse. Um, sometimes things just gotta like you gotta help things go together that don't normally go together. And then he starts yelling at the birdhouse and takes out a big mallet. And that's when Monroe pops in the doorway and yells, "Dusty!" <laughs> good, a uh, good de-escalation on Monroe's part. It was really good. He acts like a pro here. Uh, he. Talks it through with Chopsaw, gives him a little hammer instead of a mallet. And uh, that's when Mose and Claire ask Monroe to be their mediator. Well, not before they smile at him creepily, and he doesn't like it. No. Which Which I liked. I don't blame him. DJ, uh... What's his name? What's his DJ name, Ren? DJ Tanner? Is it? No. No, no, (laughs) no. No. Do you remember... Uh, let me look up the episode. Uh, let me oh, look up my help, house. Uh, help, howl at the moon dance. Um, yeah. Do you want to talk about another tip from the first segment? Yeah. Okay. 
So tip number 466.56, TTT. Talk to your teacher about rescheduling. Love the TTT, because again, dissecting the language here. Talk to teacher. Yeah. Triple T. Uh, yeah. Is... Oh, Fox. Yeah, that's what it is. Uh, so this tip is the best tip, I think, that we've gotten in a while. Yeah. Like, it's, it's similar to, like, just talk to your teacher, but it's specific enough to be relevant to, um, like, taking a test. Mm-hmm. So, um, uh, like, what do you think? What should we grade this? Either a B or an A. Let's give it a B. All right, let's go with B. Okay. Uh, Ned goes crazy in the hallway. Crazy Cookie. Ned and flipping and rolling and shit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Ned's wearing his underwear on the outside. Yeah, this is strange. Why would he do this to his reputation? Because he wants people to be afraid of him. Like forever? I guess so. Yeah, I mean, people aren't going to be talking anymore about the time he went to the girls' bathroom. They're going to talk about the time he was covered in trash and ran around the hallway. Or the time he walked into the girls' bathroom. Like, you're telling me this guy didn't immediately run back into the girls' bathroom? I don't, maybe he did. Crazy, crazy Nettie's going insane. Um, I'm, not, I'm not here for this. Cookie charged tickets to watch this fight. And people paid. A lot of people paid. How much was a ticket? I'm going to say 12 bucks. Cookie made well over like uh, $240. Like, kids had to call their parents and be like, this is the fight of the century, please. Mm -hmm. Yes. So. Credit card. Cookie takes credit card? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Cookie bucks. Yeah, he has microtransactions. And then, um, what else is going to happen here? Monroe's going to go. He's going to break up the fight. And they're going to. Loomer and Ned are going to go to peer mediation. Right? Did you know Monroe used to be a bully? He did. Yeah. He. What does he say? He um. He controlled the hallways with vicious satire and biting sarcasm. Great line. Yeah, it I like it. Feels so much about him. Mm -hmm. It's like uh, so realistically, like I feel like I did certain some things in my days that like were probably similar to bullying. Yeah. Um, and I feel like it was that same kind of strategy. Or it, it like obviously I wasn't like a physical bully, but I think I I unfortunately said a lot of things that were hurtful to people your vicious satire and biting sarcasm went too far yes yeah so i i get that um okay and they go to the mediation which is more like a law like a court of law yeah it's like a i would expect it's a kangaroo court court brent what is a kangaroo court can you get a bunch of kangaroos together and make them do law? Make them do law? It's like an unofficial court. Do they wear ties? You don't have to if you don't want to. You know, it can be like casual. Well, no, the kangaroos. The kangaroos? Yes. Well, yeah, because that, that way they have to, because if they don't wear the ties, they just mm -hmm. look like regular kangaroos. So, you know, no one gets it. So if they're going, if, they're, if a kangaroo court is about to happen... And you're in charge of setting it up, and you want to put a necktie around the kangaroo, and the kangaroo hits you. Are you able to take that kangaroo from the kangaroo court to a real court? If a kangaroo kicks you, you are dead. That's not true. Yeah, name eight people who have survived kangaroo. <laughs> 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 
You got me there, I can't. <laughs> Alright, so we've established <laughs> that kangaroo kicks kill you in one okay, hit. Okay, no, 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 but to turn it around, Ren, name eight people who've been kicked by a kangaroo and died. Alright. People? No, you can't Google. Alright, fine, uh... Ron, Ron Rue. I don't know him, but maybe I don't know him because he's dead. Yeah. Yeah. You know, he, you didn't get a chance. No. Yeah. Uh, peer mediation solves the conflict. Ned is deemed a bully. Well, Lumber has to leave Coconut's head closed. Coconut heads closed. Oh, clo no. Yes. <laughs> and, and Ned uh, has to leave Loomer alone. That, that's, uh, that seems fair, right? Loomer just bullied Ned for 12 weeks and... I guess Ned chose the wrong way to go about this. Yes. Yeah, I would ag agree. Um, the crazy Nettie plan, you know? I'm not opposed to confronting your bullies, but maybe not like this. Is crazy Nettie similar to Prison Mike? <laughs> Prison Mike fills me with a joy when I see him. I, I want to laugh and laugh <laughs> with him. With uh, crazy Nettie, he more reminds me of that episode of The Office where Andy takes everyone to Gettysburg and he tries mm. to give a speech about Gettysburg and he's it's annoying. Not a good episode. It's not a good episode. That's what that's what Crazy Nettie reminds me of. Yeah. No, I okay. That feels fair. Um Okay, you want to look at the tips here? Yeah, let's look at some tips. Okay. Uh tip number 769.cb Teachers create a bully-free zone. Bullshit. That's not um, even a tip. What'd you say? That's not even a tip. Yeah, it's more of like, um... I mean, like, so I... Yes and no. That's how I feel about that. Yes and no. Yeah. I don't think it's reflective of the era this tip was written in. No. No, I don't think it is reflective of the era that the tip was written in either. Also, I think... it's all, again, it's also not a tip. Yeah. Uh, so what is this? Like a D? Yeah, D. Yeah. Uh, tip number nine nineteen point two A. Know where the bully is and don't be there. Okay. Live in fear and avoid their path. Mm -hmm. If I learn their schedule, life, don't, don't walk be down there. the street past eight. Mm -hmm. Thanks, Ned. Yeah. Uh, another it's bad tip from Ned. I like so practical. Don't don't live your life afraid. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, my parents used to say that to me a lot because if it was thundering and lightning, I wouldn't want to leave the house. Yeah. So. They would always make you go out when it was a bad thunderstorm and make you hold a lightning rod. Mm-hmm. You have nothing to fear. Mm-hmm. But this is why you have these fl amnesia flashes. <laughs> yes, I have it from that and you have it from uh, Meet the Spartans. <laughs> Our brains both got fried in different ways. <laughs> Uh, the time that you picked me up and dropped me on the stage, Ren. This is third. I'm pretty sure third week in a row I'm referencing this. It actually reset my mind. <laughs> I, that's what happened to the girl in Fifty First Dates. Yeah. Um, this is why every podcast episode starts with me explaining what happened on each individual <laughs> podcast episode. Imagine if every podcast started with, "Hey Bryce, it's me, Ren. You don't know who I am." But let me tell you. 
you had to watch the video. Each you and I time. podcast together uh, with the freaking the Hawaiian somewhere over the rainbow. Uh, <laughs> I'm on a yacht somewhere in the middle of the ocean. I can't believe we never scared. made it that far in the Sandlerthon. Yeah, uh, it's a really good movie. I I, I really like Fifty First Dates. That's like my brother-in-law's favorite movie. Yeah, I don't blame him. It's a good movie. Um, Fifty First Dates. Yeah, but would you say would you say it's your favorite Adam Sandler movie? My favorite Sandler movie. I honestly probably yeah. Really? My favorite. I mean, I had never seen The Wedding Singer, and I so when we watched that, I enjoyed it. Hmm. Um. I wish we were podcasting back in those days. Yeah, that would have been fun. Even if we didn't finish Sandlerthon, I think it would have been enjoyable to have like we got through some of his earliest classics. That back catalog <laughs> and his earlier non-classics. <laughs> <laughs> like whatever the hell that was with him on the boat in the <laughs> going over or something. Overboard, I think it was called. <laughs> the failed comedian on the boat. Oh my gosh, that was oh, awful. Yeah, the terrorist invasion. <laughs> Okay. Um. Okay. Tip number nine nineteen point seven eight. Oh, run to the main office. Run. Don't walk. Have you watched a Breaking Bad? Yes. You know when uh Walt saves Jesse and he's like run run. That's what Ned means here. Run over someone. Run over the bully being mean to your friends, mm-hmm. and then say run. Run. Like Breaking Bad. Mm-hmm. That's why in the tip, in the parentheses, it also says, like, in Breaking Bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is another D-tip. Don't run. Don't run to the no. wall. Don't run to the main office. Bra- Brayson- no force fields. Brayson ran in the fly in the house. <laughs> we can, do you want to... We could put ourselves in a room. With a with fly? Nothing- for- yeah. Discuss the fly? A fly and then a TV screen with the fly set up on repeat for 24 hours i think this is a very good avant-garde idea i think this could be what gets us into the triple digit downloads well yeah because we could even if we did that ren we could even uh it could be art yeah we could sell it to like apple or something yeah i mean i was gonna say like a museum but sure (laughs) apple probably buys art bryce and ren in the roma yeah uh um uh, we turn this podcast into performance art just take it to the streets like I, caroling podcast caroling well i discussed this before right yeah yeah we've talked about this one before yeah. going door to door podcasting <laughs> at people's houses yes like yeah. dan is a, let, let's do it in your neighborhood it's friendly right right no one wants this it's not a matter about what they want you know, okay. no one wants the carolers coming over either, but they sing anyways. They do, but yeah, people do want the carolers. That's why they give them uh, like candy and cocoa. They give them the candy and cocoa, so they leave. Hey, <laughs> well, like people will give us the candy and cocoa, and we'll be like, "Oh, thank you for the invitation. Let's uh, mm-hmm. let's finish this podcast up in here." Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I guess we just have to do that until we find a house that lets us in. Door to door podcasting. <laughs> It's like totally a different era, right? Like twenty yeah. years ago, people went door to door to do things, but nowadays, door no one wants salesman. that. Get off my front porch! Like people get scared if you go up to their door. Correct. Yeah. Like, if you and I came up to someone's door and was like, "Hey, 
<laughs> let us inside. Today we're gonna be talking about we're gonna be talking about cheaters and bullies. They're going to think that like, oh my god, these two guys are gonna kill me like in the strangers. The cops are gonna come up. They're gonna be like, hey, can we help you? We've got a call about two suspicious men walking around recording a podcast. Officers, what would you rate this tip? Teachers create a bully-free zone. Bryson Ren in the big house. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Uh, where are... I like this, Ren. <laughs> I like this a lot. Uh, you and I have way too much manic energy tonight, and <laughs> I am so sorry that we finally have some kind of a semblance of an audience based on our numbers. And there's no way that they're sticking around. I think this will be our best episode yet. I mean, I feel great about it, but it's like, I think this is a bad podcast. No, this is a great podcast. We're, we're like, like Spotify says, we're pop culture and we're discussing. <laughs> <laughs> like, that is our, uh, Ned says ground zero. And from there we build our, mm-hmm. build our foundation. Build it up. Um, when do you want to, I assumed we were going to take, like, 30 minutes to talk about Ted Lasso. <laughs> I don't know. Is that still on the agenda for this? Yeah, evening? we have to. Okay. Uh, should we wrap Ned up, or should we talk about Ted Lasso and then wrap Ned up? Let's, uh... I know the correct answer, in terms of, like, what we should do. We should wrap Ned's up. <laughs> but... Do you want to do that? Do you want to do, like, yeah, the expected let's wrap, thing? let's wrap Ned's up. Okay. Uh, so we do the honor roll each week, Ren. And this will be our second to last week looking at the honor roll uh, and the report cards of our friends. Yeah. So with week 12, which is this week, um, how how is everyone doing? Where if we take a look at Cookie... His academics currently at a C plus. His social status is at a B plus. Power is at an A minus, and stamina is at B minus. I think his academics have increased, but his social status has decreased. Yeah. So academically, he, I think, proved himself this week. We like haven't seen him truly be a force to be reckoned with academically, but I think that's because we only see him struggle. Yeah, and this is the first time we've, I think, really seen the scope of cookie's genius like he is he is very smart yeah um i would go up from like a c plus to a b plus to be honest that's what i was thinking yeah we don't give him enough credit uh socially um we have him at a b plus he got naked and the kids they looked in disgust well okay 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 if you don't watch the episode uh <laughs> <laughs> all right i i guess you do need to clarify <laughs> He's not like we. <laughs> There's a curtain. Cookie sets up in the classroom. Um, I, I do think his social status is gonna go down for this move. Oh yeah, big time. <laughs> no one's talking about crazy net. They're talking about. Did you hear about Cookie taking a math quiz naked? Um, I, I want to go to the school anymore. <laughs> I think he's at like a C plus. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. <clears throat> power. I think power and stamina stay the same. Okay. All right, Ren. Uh, let's take a look at Moe's. Does anything change with her this week? Academic like... drops. 
Well, because she... It, no, not really. She intentionally failed the test, but the teacher knows that. She'll get to retake it. Alright, then I guess nothing changes. I, like, are you, Sorry, I didn't mean to, like... I feel like <laughs> I just ran you over. No, I mean, if you're right, you're right. Mm. If that was established... I don't remember that, but... I also missed that uh, one comment earlier in the episode, too. I, I don't think it was, like, fully established, but, I mean... Come on. Like, she says it right in front of the teacher that... Mo most chose yeah. to fail instead of going to the teacher at first, though. You know? It was She didn't make the smart decision. Sometimes you gotta, um... Uh, what's it called? Typhoon. Typhoon? What's it called? Got a typhoon. Uh, like, not harpoon, either. Sometimes Ty you gotta... Typhoon? Ty typhoon. No. Tank? Sometimes you gotta harpoon. What's it? What am I thinking of? Like, tank yourself? You gotta... Torpedo. Yes, there you go. Torpedo. You gotta harpoon yourself. You gotta... <laughs> ah! <laughs> um, so like, torpedo your grades. So, Ned. Let's talk about Ned. Ned, Ned dumb. He's academically F now. Yeah, yeah, we had him at like a D plus. Uh, he's he's failing. He's probably doing F. Yep. Social status. I'm thinking C. He's at a 100 right now. This crazy netty we're, thing. We're dropping him 25 points. He would you? I mean, look, if this kid at your school suddenly the most popular <laughs> kid in school pulled this crazy netty shit, are you gonna be like, wow, yeah, this is cool? You're gonna be like, all right, clearly I misjudged. I mean. He put Loomer in his place. He's been wearing his underpants, and he's been covered in old ketchup and mayonnaise. But he all day. he put Loomer in his place. Did Loomer need to be put in his place, or did yeah. he just need to go to Nebraska? Uh, so, I feel like he's like a B. A B. I I don't agree with dropping him to a C. Okay. Okay. You you liked Crazy Nettie more than I did. It's I didn't. Me. No, I didn't like Crazy <laughs> Nettie. Oh, I'll concede to the B. I just don't think it was worth dropping. But <laughs> 100, a perfect social status score to a C. I just don't think you're putting the magnitude of Crazy Nettie into perspective. I'm not, no. Like, Ned had to take off his underpants and put it on the outside of his jeans. Mm -hmm. Bryce, imagine if you did that. At Ren, I'm doing it right now. Exactly, but you're not on camera right now. That's the difference. You know, you're the comfort <laughs> of your own home recording a podcast. This is your God-given right. When you're <laughs> in school, though, you keep your underpants below your jeans. Yeah. Uh, power? Power. Did he do anything powerful? Mm, no. You know, his plan to get new Loomer to Nebraska didn't Failed. work. Yeah, let's fail him. You want, a D plus. Yeah. you want to give him an F in power? Yeah, second to last week of the semester. Okay. Stamina. He's a B. Yeah, it takes a lot of energy to be crazy netty. You want to keep him at B or bump him up? I want to leave him. Okay. Okay. Uh, do you want to look at our CP, our college preparatory For students? CP, I only have Loomer this week. Okay. Let's see. Interesting that his name is Loomer, and he's always looming. Always. I'm still disappointed we didn't get more about him and Moe's. 
I like that little detail. There's so there. Oh yeah, like in that in the episode itself, like the specific like Loomer wants to talk to Ned about. Yes. Yeah. I bet. You, I mean, we got two more seasons, Ren. Yeah. There's some stuff to come. Uh, so last time we saw him academically, he was at a C. Okay. Did he do anything academically this episode? He did write all the answers to a test on his body. So I think we can assume he passed. Want to give yeah. him a C plus? Yeah. Alright. Social status. I'm also thinking a C plus here. I think people like him a bit more now. Yeah. Yeah, and then he uh, was able to cool Crazy Nettie down. Uh, power. I say we bump him up to a B. He, mm-hmm. you know, rotated Coconut Head's body. <laughs> Who? Okay, so... The juicer versus Loomer. Loomer can rotate bodies. The juicer can squeeze liquid out of bodies. I'd say in this case, it's ultimately a matter of speed. Whoever gets their hand on the other first wins. Mm-hmm. If the juicer can get his hands on Loomer, he's done. He's juiced. But if Loomer <laughs> can get to the juicer in time, his body is just rotated, and there's mm-hmm. no way the juicer's hands are doing any juicing. Okay. Is it haunt you at night that, like, we know, like, like Dan Moss is the person who plays the juicer. <laughs> I like, I know that. <laughs> we know too much about Corey in the house. Uh, stamina. I say stamina stays. Yeah, B plus. Okay. Um, do I want to look at anyone else? Not really. Yeah, I don't. I'm, I don't feel the need to. Seth Powers wasn't here this week. I miss him. Me too. Son of Austin. Yeah, baby. Yeah, 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 baby. Shagadelic. You know he does. He does like uh, he has chest hair. Yeah. Um, do you think that as uh, speaking of SNL, that I can expect a call from SNL from my Wanda voice last week? I think they need a new impressionist. Okay. And I For- think once once. Lauren Michaels finishes catching up with the podcast. Yeah. And gets to last week and he hears that Wanda. He's going to call you up immediately and be like, all right, I'm going to give you a million dollars to cancel Bryson Redden come. (laughs) If uh, he gave me a million dollars to cancel the podcast, but I legally owe you money. Would you do it, Bryce? No, I'm asking, would I owe you money? Oh, would you owe me money? Mm hmm. Like, immorally, yes. Okay. Ethically, yes. I don't know if legally, but it would be the right thing to do. Okay. Okay. I'm just curious. Yeah, just, just, you know, just in case Lauren Michaels ever gets in contact, you know? Okay. So we'll, we'll lock that in now. If Lauren Michaels ever contacts me and offers me money, I will have to give you 50% of it. Yes. Okay. So you can be on SNL. So I can be on SNL. And this counts for your SNL salary as well? Yeah, any 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 money. Anything you make related to working for SNL, half of it goes to me. Okay. That's fine. <laughs> <sighs> okay. Do we what else do we do here? We gotta rate the episode? Yeah. Is that what we do? Yeah, I think we do that. Uh what should we rate it? Let's <laughs> This episode, I'm going to go with a big ol' sopping two. A two? 
Two and a half. Okay. Yeah. I didn't like it. This was Ned's at its worst. Yes. Um. This was cheating and bullying. Yeah, it... Like, and you could just tell. Not even... I don't know if any episode would have left us in this state where we're just, like, really not feeling it, but... Uh, I was really not feeling this episode. Me neither. And I didn't, I was not excited to talk about it. I was not excited to, there was nothing in there that was like, I can't wait to hear what Ren's take on this was. Yeah. Uh, no offense, because like, I like your takes on just about everything. Um, or I like hearing your takes on just about everything. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, this episode, there just wasn't a lot of meat on the bone. And I'm going to give it a two fair yeah so end of the season is not coming in nice yeah it's been weird the past two weeks have i don't know if it's like you and i are over our uh like the honeymoon the honeymoon phase yeah we're like oh like it's so nice to be back with these characters and now it's like okay like let's get some things moving like i don't i don't know i don't think it's that because I still look back on Crushes and Dances as a legitimately fantastic episode. Mm-hmm. And I loved Rumors and Photo Day. And, like, I even liked Notes and Best Friends, but Computer Labs and Backpacks and Daydreaming and Gym and Out Cheaters and Bullies. These all feel like low-effort, lousy episodes that were shuffled late into the season, maybe because they knew they were the weakest. Mm-hmm. Or at yeah. least I'm hoping this isn't getting me excited for season two. Like, I'm excited because, you know, more Neds, and I think a year will give the writing room a chance to grow. Yep. But these past few episodes have been, ugh. Particularly weak. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, next week we'll be watching, um... Finale. The finale, and, uh... Hold on, I'm trying to pull up the episode list. Because that one of the episodes stuck out to me as, like, oh yeah, like, I, I'm pretty sure that was a good one. Emergency Drills and The Late Bus. I don't know if The Late Bus is the one that I'm thinking of. I actually don't know. I don't think I know what these episodes are. We'll so, be interesting to see. Should be fun. Yeah. Um. Alright, we gotta talk about Ted Lasso. <laughs> yep, spoiler talk. Yes. Um. Anything else on the Ned's front? Uh, I don't know if I should close and then put Ted Lasso after the credits. Or... Oh. Do, do we do, will you have enough material for two cold op for two closes with yeah yeah like if i do, yeah i think that we end this here ren and then <laughs> there'll be ted lasso talk and then there'll be uh some of the pre-show nonsense <laughs> okay which as if anyone is still interested in hearing more from us <laughs> uh okay Let's wrap that up all right. Uh, well, thank you all so much for listening um, and making this our uh, a huge success for us so far. So thank you all so much. Uh, check out our Facebook, our Instagram. Um, like us. You don't like us on Apple Podcasts. Subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. Um, but leave us a rating. We haven't gotten a rating in a while. Um, and if you're out there, if you are listening, uh, engage with us. Do something because we like uh, getting feedback and knowing what works, what doesn't work. And otherwise, uh, take care and have a good rest of your day. Have fun at the quadcentennial elderly march against old people. Take care, everyone. Bye. Bye.
friend, do you write those down? I just, uh, sometimes they come to me during the episode, and if they do, I write them down. Okay. But most of the time, I just wing them at the very end. Do you have a, when you say that, when you reference your notes, do you write them down, like, physically, or do you have them on, like, typed up? I have them typed up. Okay. Okay, that, uh, in my mind, I, I picture you, like, like, having, having them written. I started doing that early on in Cory mm-hmm. in the House, but I moved on to my laptop. Yeah. Once I, once Nicole and I were on our honeymoon. Do you think that you could tell me... That you handwrite them? Yeah, Bryce, I handwrite them. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know. I feel like that it makes us seem a little bit more like professional that way. Like yeah. I have mine typed up. So um, like, it, it's better that I handwrite it. So we have two copies. Mm-hmm. Like exactly. in case the internet ever goes down, and yes. we need to do the podcast as like a radio show. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh! Could you imagine? The apocalypse happens. You're, you finally find a radio and you're tuning it. You're trying to find something. And finally, you connect onto a radio signal. And it's this. Bryce and Ren discussing whatever DVDs or VHS tapes you found laying around. <laughs> oh, I was saying like this. Like this specific podcast. Oh, this specific <laughs> like podcast? playing on repeat. Yeah. Reruns? Um, mm-hmm. Reruns, yeah. What's a rerun? The uh, the world ended, but we got syndicated. Mm-hmm. God bless. <laughs> uh, do podcasts get syndicated? We'll be the first. Yeah, once we reach episode one hundred, we can sell it to TBS to play after Conan. And we we will all we'll finally have that little slogan: uh, "TBS very funny," so people will know we're funny. <laughs> uh, does TBS have any original programming anymore? I don't think so. I think they just, uh, I think they've only bought stuff. Yeah. Because Conan's done. Yeah, I think Conan's done. He just finished. He just wrapped up. All right. Speaking of things that just wrapped up, friend, you want to, uh, Ted Lasso, the season yeah. two finale, um, which I believe was titled, uh, The Inverted. Inverting the Pyramid of Success? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's that. Inverting the Pyramid of Success. Um, what did you think? In general, I, I've been kind of waiting to see how this season is going to, how this season was going to play out from the beginning. Mm -hmm. Yep. Because unlike season one, where I had no idea what I was getting into, like when I started, it was very clear to me at the start of season two that they were building towards something with all these like different disjointed story lines. Yeah. Like, I feel like the four main stories in season two were Nate, Sam and Rebecca, Roy and Keeley, and Ted and Sharon. Like yeah. I consider I I feel like those are the four main arcs where you can kinda like put a pin in episode one and see it move all the way down to episode twelve. Yep. And like the indiv- the individual episodes, like those journeys, seeing it in bits and pieces week by week, I feel like it made it very difficult to appreciate the full scope of just how well written and nuanced all these characters are they're fantastic like nate's Mm -hmm. the like character regression was just amazing all season and the finale just all that bitterness and cynicism channeled into him Mm -hmm. i have never been so angry at a character on screen in so long but like it was so real it wasn't like a uh you know, like a Game of Thrones Joffrey situation where he's so radically and cartoonishly evil, you just want to 
just want him to die. Mm-hmm. Like with Nate, it's a very like real, visceral, almost like pathetic evil that he's given into. And it's that human edge to Ted Lasso that makes it so good. Uh, yeah, and it all came, like, it all came from a place that was perfectly set up. Yeah. So, like, you can track Nate, and I haven't, people have said, like, if you, even if you rewatch season one, and you, like, track him from there to here, it all feels natural. But even just through season two, since that's, like, having seen all that most more recently, mm-hmm. it tracks so well to where he finally in his last speech is to net to ted who uh, <laughs> to ted is, is saying like you pretty much lifted me up and then completely dropped me um and acted like i didn't exist and i've been the strategic force behind here and without me uh you wouldn't be here you'd be back in america uh like all of that tracks so well yeah. with this character um but like until he said it, there was still like there was still to me at least I was like, what's up with him? Yeah, exactly. What's going on with Nate? Because like every episode kind of escalates Nate a little bit more until we finally get to this breaking point, mm-hmm. and just hearing it come from come out of his mouth, just fully contextualized, and for Ned and for damn it, and for Ted <laughs> to apologize because he understands what it feels like to be abandoned. It's such a like a stab in the gut yeah yeah and that's good good television that's just good writing it was so good and um like even like the ripped up believe sign on there uh that he leaves behind was heart-wrenching yeah Uh, i i'm excited for next season for the the natural rivalry that'll come between ted's coaching style and nate and Hopefully we'll get a lot of juxtaposition between the two. Mm -hmm. I can see Nate genuinely being a good coach for uh, Ham United, but I do not see the players respecting him in any capacity. Yeah. Like, I I imagine he'll have, like, the tactical skills he needs to, like, do well enough to add some tension for our main characters in the plot. Mm -hmm. But I think it'll be very clear that the he's going to miss that AFC Richmond vibe and it's going to kill him. Yes, yeah, the the team itself is going to be a bunch of individuals who are good at soccer. Yeah. And not, like, not a team. Not a team. And that's what will be missing. And I also, so a lot of the common thoughts about this season were that it took the focus off of the football. Yeah. Uh, there wasn't enough focus on, like, the game itself, on, on what we were seeing. I think with this Nate storyline, with, um, is it a, a Khufu? Yes. Yeah, it's a Khufu. Um, Akufu being rejected by Sam and saying, uh, I will take you down. Yeah. I think that that takedown is also going to be directly football related as well. So I think that we're going to see, uh, a lot more, uh, like oomph behind these games that we're going to see and these matchups that we'll see in the third and fingers crossed final season. Yeah. I'm uh, hoping it'll be the last one and I'm hoping it'll wrap things up nicely. Yeah. The so. lack of football was really the only thing I missed from this season. Mm-hmm. But even then the focus was on the psychology of the characters. So like while a bit more f- like field time would have been appreciated, it wasn't really the focus of the season. Mm-hmm. And what we did get was, you know, it, it was good. It just didn't have that same focus that season one had. 
And it yeah. also, the season was filmed during COVID. So, like, just realistically, we're not going to get as much football as we did for the first season. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I'm, I I can, like, overlook and forgive that aspect. Because everything else really is well done. And, you know, I, I can't think much about the season that I would have removed to include more soccer. Yeah. No, I, I agree with that. Would you... Uh, like, is there anything at all that you would tweak or, like, would fix about the season as a whole? Maybe I would reorder when the Christmas and Coach Beard episodes happen. Okay. Like, I like both I like both episodes a lot. But they definitely feel out of place in the grand, like, narrative. Mm-hmm. Like, and I feel like Coach Beard's had a, had a great opportunity where, because the his episode starts where where we last see him in the last episode. Yeah. And I thought the next episode would start with wherever, like, we last saw Coach last episode, so you could effectively, like, kind of skip Coach's episode. Mm-hmm. Not that I'm saying that it should be skippable, but, like, that kind of narrative thread where we understand that, you know, no one else sees what Coach gets up to. Yep. I don't know. I That's really, that, and that's a really, like, a nitpicky detail. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, it was... Um... So I think of the the team itself, mm. the different individuals, we got a lot of Sam, which was great. Wow. Sam Sam brought it. He had some really, really good stuff. And then I felt like the others um, were just kind of sprinkled in. I, I love Danny Rojas. Me too. So uh, he was really relegated to more of like uh, a comedic character this season. Um, they he, like full circle his arc in the last they episode. They do. But he's very much in the background. Yeah. Um, And it felt less, not less powerful, but like, you know, it was kind of, it was nice that they recognized it and that they allowed him to have that full circle piece from the first episode to the uh, final episode of the season. But I would have just liked something a little bit more from him. Yeah, me too. mm -hmm. I I really like the team in general. McAdoo is a great captain. Zoro's super Mm -hmm. funny. I love Jan Maas. Yeah. Yeah. Like, just, I hope, hopefully next season we'll see a bit more from them before it's all over. Yeah, but I, I, I would get, love that. I kind of get why the focus was a bit off the team this season. Because we really, because besides them, the other characters who had full arcs were Roy, Keeley, Rebecca, Nate, Ted, Sharon. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of non-players. Yeah. Yeah, I liked, um, like... Keely and Roy, were There's they interesting? They're one of the most adult couples on television. Because mm-hmm. where do they go from here? Exactly. I'm, I'm glad they didn't resolve it in the finale, and they left such a big time skip for us to think it over. Yeah. Like, up to this point, they've behaved rather maturely, and like they've sought healthy solutions for all their problems, but mm-hmm. they are fundamentally at different stages in their lives. Yep. So I wonder what kind of message the show is going to take with that. Cause realistically, you know, you could find a healthy balance with that, or maybe the healthy option is for them to break up, but I don't really know, but I'm curious. Cause so far I've been impressed with how their romance has been handled and depicted. Yeah. And I, I, um, I like what you said about them being at different points in their lives. Like she is getting to the peak of her career. Yeah. And Roy has technically already done that. Yeah, he's past it. He's this is like the afterbirth of his career. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and he like he is finding joy and finding uh, 
appreciation with Richmond and finding himself there. And like, he's still growing a lot, mm-hmm. uh, growing rapidly, to be honest. Uh, he had a lot of growth really fast, mm-hmm. especially compared to how slow and rigid his development was last season. Mm-hmm. Like it took ages for him to finally show some warmth. Yeah. Um, but here it was like every single time that you would expect season one Roy to freak out, he was he took like the high road, pretty much yeah. like all throughout season two. He showed uh, genuine growth as a character. Yeah. So even I don't know. Jamie. What'd you say? Even Jamie, like as a yeah, has come such a long way from his original depiction. Mm-hmm. So it's like where where do they go with these characters? Um, was this season them growing and now maybe their their growth will slow down and it's more about like what do they do now that they've stopped growing and like this is like this is their destination? It's interesting because Ted's journey this season has been kind of like finally accepting a part of himself he's been pushing down. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that'll fundamentally change his behavior next season. Yeah, and like that plus his confrontation with Nate, mm-hmm. um, which, you know, he, I think he does need to reflect on it a little bit um, yeah. and will. And I don't know if he's going to internalize that or think like, oh, I really did do something wrong here with Nate versus mm-hmm. like, Nate, like Nate, this would have happened with Nate no matter what. Yeah. Um, the tricky thing with Nate is I feel like on one hand, you can kind of like if you pay attention to like what's his rela- his interactions with Ted. You can kind of see his point of view because I think mm-hmm. the last time him and Ted have a one on one conversation is halfway through season one. Yeah, and the next time they talk is the season two finale, mm-hmm. and like Ted very much is not being present in Nate's you know career, but at the same time it goes back to what Roy said a few episode episodes ago. It's the job. Mm-hmm. Like, this is just what the job is. Nate wants to be a coach. Be a coach. Be professional. Don't go seeking the approval of, like, the man you have forced into a father figure role who doesn't even know that they're your father figure because they know you have a dad. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and, but it, it's nuanced. It's not like a black and white situation where, like, Nate is obviously the bad guy here, and he's mm-hmm. what he's doing is very clearly cruel and wrong. But it's not like bad for the sake of being bad. Yeah, like it, it, it's it's sad that he was mm-hmm. forged into something this pitiful and cruel. Yeah, yeah. I I don't know. I feel I did. It was so hard. It's like I felt bad for Nate in the moment. Yeah, because I was like, oh, like I totally get that. Like he has been. He's right. Like he has been rejected. Like he has been put off. But at the same time, um, Ted doesn't deserve that. No, like it, not at all. No. Um, like none and, of this was communicated to Ted before the fact, and Ted's also going through his own emotional crisis that Nate outed to the public. Mm-hmm. And uh, also, on top of all that, poor Nate. Uh, Roy doesn't care when uh, that. <laughs> Nate kissed Keely. The complete emasculation in that moment. Mm-hmm. Like, it's so understated, but you can see the deep humiliation in Nate's face. Yeah. 
so much worse to him than if Roy was mad. And he's trying so hard. He's like, don't you want to punch me? Like, please. Like, please be upset. Like, I'm glad the show wasn't so on the nose to have Roy say, like, oh, you're not a threat. No. And instead just being like, oh, it's fine. Because, mm-hmm. like, that says it all. It's fine. Who, like, who gives a shit? It's Nate. Yeah. It's enough. He- it's enough to really sting. And it makes the awful thing he did in his mind, like, it twists it even worse. Yeah, it does. There's no comeuppance for what he did. There's no punishment. <sighs> Such a layered character. I know. Who knew Nate the Great would be, uh, <laughs> you'd go, and it's like, I don't know, and I even love it from the audience standpoint of last season, he was a fan favorite. Yeah. Because he was the underdog. Everyone roots for the underdog. But, um, they like, they're telling the full story. Yeah. Yeah. They're telling his full, full story of, like, what happens to the underdog once they're no longer the underdog. And I think what I like about Nate's arc is that it kind of rejects the inherent goodness that so many people latched onto as the point of Ted Lasso. Yeah. Like, in between seasons, you know how everyone was kind of like, oh, it's like this mo- it's like super heartwarming show. And then when season mm-hmm. two was starting, everyone was like, oh, it's like leaning into being Ted Lasso and it's too sweet. Like, I, with Nate's arc, it's just clear to me that the writers know all along. They know the tone they have. They mm-hmm. know what they're doing. And they're it's very intentionally taking the audience on a ride and twisting things. Yes. Yes. Um, and that's why I hope that next season is the last season, because I just want... And I trust at this point that it is, but I just want the whole ride to be a very complete circle. Me too. And so far, it's just been so tightly written that it would be mm-hmm. a shame if it wasn't. Yeah. Like, leaving any room for... Like, some kind of vague opening at the end of Season 3, I feel like, would be a mistake. This is the time to conclude the story, and I really feel like if Ted Lasso can stick the landing for Season 3, it will go down as one of the greatest TV shows in history. Definitely. Yeah, but the question is, uh, is Apple going to let that massive, massive uh, show... I mean, that's probably their biggest show, right? So is Apple going to let that happen? Especially after the Emmys. Mm Mm-hmm. Or will they, um, I don't know. Uh, does Ted Lasso have any spinoff potential? Roy Kent? I'd watch a Roy uh, coaching show. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Gotta wonder what they'll do with it. I guess the only other, uh, well, uh, so Doc, is she coming back? Sharon coming? I can see her coming back in like a cameo role. Mm-hmm. But, but I, you I don't... think like a, maybe she'll Ted'll call her or something, or she'll show up for the big game yep. at the end of the season. But I don't think she'll continue being a character. Okay, so like she came, she did her role, she's gone now. Because <clears throat> like it seems like that was kind of the point of her arc too, the way she leaves Ted at the end. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like except the fact that some people will come and go through your lives, but the fact that they were there at all is a good thing. And that's what matters. Okay, we'll see. Yeah, I don't see the need for her to become a main character. And to me, it wouldn't make sense since she isn't working with AFC Richmond currently. Yeah. And she just left. They just made a whole thing about her leaving. Like, the only way I could see Sharon coming back is if, because Ted's speech at the end of the season is about mental health and sports, Mm -hmm. if the theme of next season is him advocating for better mental health, I could see him reaching out to Sharon and kind of getting her on as a permanent staff member for AFC Richmond. Yeah. So that the players 
like have someone they can actively go to instead of just in moments of crisis. Yes. Yeah. But I mean, I, that really depends on how much the show wants to focus on that aspect for Ted's arc in the last season, because if it is the last season, you know, you, I, you, I feel like they got to give Ted something good to work through. They do. Yeah. And I mean, so, cause his thing, one of his big things has been processing that like his divorce leaving his son behind uh so i'm super curious if next season they'll like are they gonna try to properly pair him with someone or do you think the show isn't gonna try to do that i i would like the show to not necessarily try yeah but i gotta wonder yeah he had that like fling with sassy in season one and it was mentioned I, again I think, here, too. I don't too. think they'd make her a love interest for him. No, not a proper one. Because it, it's come up again here in season two. They did it uh, after the funeral. Uh, they, like, went home together. I feel like Rebecca is the most fan service choice. And uh, I, feel like, eh. like, I feel like the show is mature enough where it could pull it off if it wanted to. But I don't know if it'll go in that direction. I don't know. I, I see that as, like, a, a um, Liz Lemon... Jack Donaghy situation. situation. Yeah. I guess it depends on uh, what happens with Rebecca next season regarding yeah. Sam. If that was like, I hope her relationship with Sam was a one-off thing. Okay. Especially with uh, Sam saying at the end that him staying is for his journey. Yes. I like that self-actualization. Yeah. And I, just, and I, you know, not that I dislike them together. I thought their little dynamic was interesting to see. I like the, how it spurred growth in both of them. Mm-hmm. But I like Sam coming away with it, like with independence instead of a yearning to go back. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be opposed of for them to end up together. Neither would I. But I think that they both have made it clear that they have work to do on the, like on their own. Yeah. So if it were to happen, I wouldn't want it to be like the first episode, unless there's like some massive time jump or something. Um, I want it to be down the road, like second to last episode or last episode. Yeah. Um, I do see them as the way that the show's pitched it. I see them as like a little bit our Michael and Holly mm-hmm. of, you know, they teased it out. We saw that, okay, that could work, but let's leave these characters alone. Yeah. Yeah. Get some development done first. Yes. Yep. Um, so we'll see. Yeah. I, I I, I am not going to be, like, super bummin' if they don't end up together. But, I don't know. Anything else, friend? Oh, uh, no. Great season. What about uh, Trent? Oh, I I can't believe Ted Lasso, Ted Lasso got me to care so deeply about what I thought was a bit character. Trent Krim. Like, I actually care about what Trent's go- doing in his life and what he'll do now that he's quit being a journalist. I like that he uh, that he actually quit after revealing his source. Mm-hmm. I thought that was a nice little consequence of that. I'm hoping he'll stick around and he'll he'll still be a familiar face. I mean... Because he's they, a member of the community and he likes AFC Richmond. He's a fan of the team. And they, they teased it as if he is going to be involved somehow. Yeah. Like, I don't know how or in what sense, but... Didn't didn't uh, Ted even say to him like if I like see anything come up I'll let you know. Yeah. That feels very I like I don't know how he would fit in. 
uh, with the team, but I like I like the idea of him being a more present character. Well, wait a second. Pause. I don't know how I didn't piece this together. What? Would it? I mean, Keeley just left. Would that make oh. sense for a role for him? That would make perfect sense. Right, that like uh, communications type aspect. I guess that would be perfect. He loves AFC Richmond; it's his mm-hmm. team, so it'd be a natural role for him to jump into. Yeah, I don't know if the show would do that. Like, ran- yeah. it feels like we've seen him so little. He's had impact, but we have seen so little of him. But to all of a sudden make him like a main character, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. Um. Better, I, I don't know if you'll be able to answer this. Better or worse than season one? I think I think I give the edge to season one. Mm-hmm. Like, I loved season two and I thought it was fantastic, but season one had this fresh edge where every time they peeled back a new layer to the show, it just got me deeper and deeper immersed. Yeah. And I don't know, I think the, the raw emotion in season one... Mm-hmm. Not that it hit higher notes in season two, because season two got heavy. Yes. And that scene where uh, Ted and Rebecca are discussing their fathers is one of the best acted scenes in the show. Mm -hmm. But like season one, it really, it felt like an underdog story. It it feels like Rocky won to me. Yeah, I think these, this team coming together, ultimately losing in the end, but coming away better people and ready to make up for their loss. Mm -hmm. And, but do they? They they draw. They yeah, get a tie. They draw. They get their promotion. I like uh I like that they lost last season, drawed this season. Yes. I really want to hope they win next season. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, the the whole glee thing. They they can't yeah. win regionals in season one. Or Gotta sectionals. I don't know. Yeah. It's a whole thing. Um no, I I agree. I I think season if season one is a perfect ten, I think season two is a nine point five. Yeah. Like it's uh the only thing that to me would knock it down a, a little bit, I felt season one was funnier. Like, I think I just laughed more through season one, but yeah, I, I think, think season that one was funnier. easily could have been with the tone shift as well. It's more serious, so, more emotional. Yeah. Um, but heck, did I look forward to watching Ted Lasso each week. Cannot wait for season three. It's going to be yes. a long year. It'll be very, very long. So in the meantime, though, Ren, uh, check out Barry. I don't like it. But... I'll, I'll see if I do. <laughs> I don't know. Is it because he filed the teeth down? No, it's not because of that. Is it just not funny enough? It's, it isn't funny enough to me. It's, um, pitches itself as a dark comedy, but it's not neither. It's not, I don't think that the comedy is there for me, but the drama isn't there for me either. Okay. Like, it's like if Breaking Bad tried to be a little bit funnier. All right. So. Like Breaking Bad with a few, few cutaways here, some jokes, laugh, tra- mm-hmm. laugh yeah. track. And I, I've been trying to check out, like, uh, as I've watched along, like, the Reddit discussions or, like, the AV Club yeah. posts, just to, to try to get um, some semblance of, like, why am I supposed to be appreciating this show? Because maybe I'm just really missing something. Um, people like it because they feel like it pulls no punches. Um, I, I mean... Yes and no. Like it's, I, I feel like Breaking Bad was the perfect take on. I what's the genre? Like I don't even know what the genre would be called. Like good guy goes bad. 
like normal normal people with like a dark background like uh mundane darkness yeah like ozark has done it now uh except i liked ozark the jason bateman breaking bad yeah Oh, Succession. Did you watch Succession? Nicole and I have started watching it. We're only like four episodes in, but it's you, very, very good. You like just recently started? Yeah, we just recently Oh my started. god. Yeah, it's I just... So, so good? I just started it. Well, I didn't just... Well, yeah, I, I watched it all last month. Season uh-huh. one and two. It's phenomenal. It is like... that. That's another show I just couldn't say enough good things about. And I think it's ten times funnier than Barry. It's super um, funny. I'm constantly laughing during Succession. It's hysterical. It's uh, powerful. The characters are so good. Like everything Roman does, uh, has me rolling. So I, I can't it, wait till we get to our uh, Succession season three spoiler talk. Oh, I I can't wait either. So yeah, you're you're watching it to be caught up for season three. I'd like to. Yeah. Well, let me know. Um, season two. There's a really like hot streak of episodes, so just That's like keep I've me heard. posted on where you're at because there's uh one in particular. There's like one scene in particular. That's good. Uh, what, what was the last episode you watched? What happened? Let me uh let me look at an episode list really quick. It's been a few days. Okay. Okay. I think it was Thanksgiving. Um. Okay. Yep. And they go over. He uh. He uh. Smacks I went to the boy market. right. Kendall plots to hold a vote of no confidence. Yeah, he slaps the boy. Yeah. Man. Ah, such a good show. Yeah. Uh, I, I've been, like, on just an HBO, like, binge. You gotta get around to the wire. I, I mean, that's tougher, because it has a lot of seasons. But It's only five seasons. Yeah. No, it's you're the- right. I do gotta get around to the wire. You're, you're entirely correct. Um... I, just, I don't know. I'm watching Seinfeld again, too. <laughs> Which is also fantastic. So much good TV. And we're watching Ned's. Which is good TV. But, you know, it's, it's, good. It, it, it's different. It is different. Ren, anything else you want to say on what will, I think, be a two-hour podcast at the end? 7.30, 8.30, 9.30? 30 <laughs> minutes probably cut out. Yeah. I don't have anything to say. You're good. I think I I think I got it all said. Mm-hmm. People are gonna be the Ned's talk is atrocious. They're gonna be so disappointed. They're, it's they're gonna love it. I think they're gonna love our tangents. Okay. All right. Uh, if you made it this far, <laughs> uh, I'm so sorry. Thank you, and have a nice rest of your day. Be curious, not judgmental. Take care, everyone. Goodbye. Bye. Again. Well, I feel like you're stuck. I feel like because you don't know who Olivia Rodrigo is, you're stuck. Uh, like I'm like in 2007. Yeah. You're listening to Olivia Rodrigo. I'm listening to Black Eyed Peas 2007. Who? Top, top artist. artist. Top out 2007. Who? Uh, I said Black Eyed Peas. It definitely wasn't Black Eyed Peas. Uh, we got some Beyonce, Kanye, Jay Z, mm-hmm. Neo, Taylor Swift, Akon, 
What Taylor Swift album was 2007? Would have been like 17, right? Would have been like her, or like one of her early albums. Fearless, maybe. That's when Fearless came out. Is it? Is that when Taylor Swift came out? Like that when when they released Taylor? No, I think her first album was. I thought her first album was 17. Uh, her first. Uh, I don't know that for sure though. You released the Taylor Swift Holiday Collection and. No, her and I think her first album was just her name. I think it was just Taylor Swift. Taylor? Yeah. Like, like with a question mark or any punctuation? No, 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 no. It was Taylor, Taylor Swift. I think it was the full name. All right. So, like, but no. Are you looking it up or am I just speculating here? I'm I thought gonna, I, I thought you were looking it up and I'm like I'm waiting for you. Right and, but you gave me some info about a holiday special, and now here we are, like a minute later, in some Taylor awkward conversation. Holiday collection. Yeah. Was- EP she released on October 14th, 2007. That was her first ever album. No, that's her first EP. Her first album is Taylor Swift from two, from 2006. Which is her title album. It's her name. Yeah, it's her name. That's what I was saying. Yeah, I just I, I was going ahead when I should have been going backwards. Okay. That's why I couldn't find it. But yeah, you're right. There's no punctuation. I didn't say there was. So there is no Taylor Swift. This is infuriating to me. <laughs> I asked you what her 2007 album was. You're like, hold on, let me check. And then I say, I wonder if it was her first album. Was her first album Fearless? Or maybe it was her title uh, record. And then you said, uh, holiday record, uh, Taylor Swift holiday. But you have to remember, all of this was anchored to 2007, the year. Yeah. So that's where I was, that's where I was coming from. Okay. I forgive you. Thank you. I'm sorry. It's okay. I'm glad uh, we could do this pure mediation. Tracks are on the holiday collection. What about what? What? You know, you want to know how many tracks are on the holiday collection? Uh, I'm gonna say eight. Six. Very okay. Close. Yeah, it's definitely. I'm glad she didn't release it as an album. That is really just a collection. She knew her audience here. Um, how many things does it take to say like I have a collection of this? Like, how many rocks does it take to say I collect rocks? How much is a collection? Maybe there's a definition. <laughs> uh, hmm. How much does it cost to send something to collections? That's not helpful. Mm, no, 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 no. How much of something do you need before it's a collection? Yeah. The, the easy answer is three. One is okay. an object. Two is a pair. Three or more is a collection, assuming you have them with the intention of collecting them. Um, and Taylor Swift in this case, so it was a collection because she collected yeah. six songs. So she knew it was more than three. Mm-hmm. So therefore, it counted as a collection. 